Yes, I'm really glad that we made this happen. Uh, thank you for your time and just like, you know, following up. I know it took us a while to get here, but, you know, part of what I want to do is deepen the connection with my African brothers and sisters. So, you know, however many times it took for us to make it happen, I was willing to do that. So thank you for having me be part of your, your show. About Los Angeles. Yes, I'm originally from New York City. I'm from the Bronx, New York, born and raised. And I moved to Los Angeles not long ago um, to pursue, you know, my endeavors in the entertainment industry um, and also just like my entrepreneurial endeavors. So uh, the weather today has been pretty nice. In the evenings, it tends to get cold because we're kind of near the desert and, and mountains and such. So it tends to get cold and it's dry out here at night. So um, can't complain too much. I'm, I'm blessed. And uh, there's a lot of changes going on in the world right now. And I think that it's important that we talk to one another and, and try to understand each other more. In New York, uh, yeah, I'm from the Bronx, New York originally. So uh I, I'm a 90s baby and growing up in the 90s, you know, from an outsider's perspective, you know, what the movies and Hollywood show of black people and the hood in New York, um, it was not the, the accurate picture of what it was in reality, you know? It definitely wasn't the easiest, but, you know, I didn't wake up every day in fear I didn't wake up every day to violence or anything like that. Um, what I grew up around were, you know, lots of working class uh, families, you know, black and Latino families who lived in the same types of neighborhoods. Um, they, you know, my grandmother, for instance, raised me and she was someone who worked hard. And it just so happens that in these communities, there's not a lot of resources for the people. So when there's a lack of resources and when there is, you know, police corruption and legal corruption, it causes all those negative things that you see in the movies, the violence and the guns and the drugs, you know, those are very real things that, you know, as someone who grew up in the Bronx, you might come across is definitely not everyone's reality. I have friends that um, were from the Bronx, came from well-to-do families. And one thing people don't understand about New York and the Bronx is that it's very segregated. So even within the borough it, that is known to be poor, there are rich people who live in that same borough. And those rich people tend to be white or Jewish or Italian. Um, and then you have those accomplished African-American individuals who move to a, a certain part of the Bronx, like maybe Riverdale, which is a more affluent part of the Bronx where people have a lot of money, actually. So I have friends that lived in those areas and I had friends that lived in the hood as well. So I kind of got to see the best of both worlds in a sense. And that's kind of what makes my experience different from a lot of my peers growing up in New York is that they didn't have that duality. So they only saw one part and that one part might not have been the best. So, you know, 
I say that to say that all of the experience I've had growing up in New York, whether good or bad, they were meant to happen and they were meant to shape me to be the person that I am today so that, you know, hopefully I can share wisdom with someone else who's younger or someone who's going through a similar circumstance or, you know, someone trying to navigate being from the hood and trying to get out of the hood, you know? Uh, I think that's why my calling should be or is or what I'm trying to pursue right now. Well, I I would say African-American culture in America, period, is American culture because it's really us who have created the music, the entertainment, um, the dances. We created all of that. So black culture, African-American culture is everywhere. But it definitely does vary based on the part of the country that you live in. Very similar to Africa, right? Because there are so many different tribes and everyone's so different, although everyone's a part of the same continent. It's the same concept here where, you know, if you're in the northern part of northeastern part of um, America, you know, people tend to be more uh, aggressive, fast paced. Um, about the, you know, they're very much go-getters, ambitious people where let's say if you're in the South, not to say that they're not ambitious, but their priorities may more be about like family and um, living a more simple lifestyle. And, um, you know, they're, they, they enjoy certain types of Southern foods. You know, there are certain foods based on the, the part of America that you're from. So that's where Southern cuisine comes about from the South. There are people who are indigenous to to the West Coast. And so they're way more laid back, you know, way more chill. They're more about, you know, being in tune with the water because there's a lot of water around Los Angeles. So you you get are kind of more free flowing um, and laid back. So, you know, we're everywhere and we're so different everywhere also. And I think that's the beauty of being black in America, being black in Africa. You know, we're just so different. We come in so many different styles, shapes, flavors that we're really lit. You know, we're really lit. say that I'm going to define, I'm not the spokesperson for, you know, African-American culture necessarily. It express, people express that in a lot of different ways, you know, there, some people are very spiritual. So that's another way in which people express their African-American and African indigenous culture. A lot of people are still connected to the motherland through their spirituality, whether, you know, certain practices, um, beliefs, they carry, they still carry that from native Africa. So while I can't necessarily define what is African cult, African-American culture here, I can I say with certainty that people, a lot of African customs resonate with people here and it resonates with people in other parts of the Western hemisphere. I've been to even Colombia where there's a, a huge Afro-Latino population 
movement and people are very in tune with their native, you know, African roots. So I think you're finding a lot more to be happening here in the States. A lot of people wanting to connect with back home, wanting to understand their roots. And even someone like myself, you know, I've done the DNA and ancestry work to understand more about who I am. So I understand that, you know, my lineage comes from Nigeria and Ghana. So I want to go and visit those places and learn about those places and the culture and the customs. And I want to, you, and I want that to be a part of my identity, you know? So I think you're going to find that you can't really put African-American culture into one bucket. It's really hard to, to do that because we exist all over the world in so many different ways. So I'm very much pro-Pan-Africanism and people really understanding their roots and not just necessarily what America wants them to know. We've come so far, we've made progress in a lot of different ways, but things are really still the same. And, you know, we saw a lot of the George Floyd movement last year and what we what we are still experiencing as African-Americans. We're still experiencing discrimination and police brutality. Um, so that hasn't really changed. Right. So we're still facing those hardships that we've always had to come across. But today, to make it more current, you also have the pandemic, which is disproportionately affecting African-Americans, right? We're disproportionately more in the hospitals, being hospitalized and suffering from, you know, fatality due to the COVID, the COVID-19. So that's one way in which we're, you know, facing issues today. And one could argue whether, you know, we're receiving the right level of care and, and help for that. I'm, I'm not here to really debate that, but what I can say is I, it doesn't make me feel good that, you know, we are leading in the numbers of hospitalizations and deaths, right? And then at the same token, as, you know, the lockdowns are being lifted and also pe people being put back on lockdown, they just recently um, ended the, mo the rental moratorium. Uh, so over the pandemic, you know, people couldn't be evicted from their homes legally, but that just ended this past week. And we're seeing a lot of people uh, being, we're going to see a lot of people evicted from their homes now that the pandemic is quote unquote, you know, over and we have vaccines, quote unquote, and everything is getting back to normal. Now, you know, they're making it harder for people. And so we're seeing even more homelessness uh, we're seeing people being put into poverty as a result of the pandemic we're on top of people dying who don't necessarily have to die. So it's it's not that great, to be honest. Um, there's a lot of distractions going on, so people don't really talk about what's really happening. But I'm here to tell you that it's not great here just like it's not great back over there you know it's it's not great for us because we're being impacted you know the most by the pandemic
Black people, African people have fought for so long. And it took our ancestors who literally were slaves. It took our ancestors who were being attacked for going down the block. They spoke out and they had a voice even when they were made to feel that they were nothing, that they were less than human. They still had a voice and their voice mattered and their voice caused change. So that's one thing that I can say, you know, others can learn from our movements is that your voice does matter. When you come together and you fight for change, you will be heard if you come together. And that's really what it comes down to. We have to learn to really love each other and embrace one another as people of the Pan-African diaspora. We have to come together. We have no other choice. The Latinos do it. The Indians do it. Europeans do it, they all come together. They get they don't really let the the little shit, if you will, hold them back from coming together to fight a common cause or advance themselves economically, you know? So I want to see more of us come together and unite and work together because when we bring our voices together, we amplify our voices and we hold more weight as a result and we get change that we want. Well, my favorite, oh man, this one is going to get me in some trouble. Um, my favorite African-American is Malcolm X. Um, he really was for his people and he understood what it took and what it takes. And that's what I'll just say. Then the influences of leaders, well, they shaped the culture. You know, they shaped the culture, they shaped the future, they inspired people like myself and others before me and who are going to come after me to uh, speak up and to demand change and to love yourself as a Black person, that you are worthy, you are beautiful, you are worthy of love, and you deserve to be treated fairly. Like, they instilled those things into us so that we don't accept less than what we deserve, you know? We know our worth because of those individuals who helped us understand our worth. Because if no one ever fought, no one would have deemed themselves worthy of change. So they showed us that we're being that we're kings and queens. And you you should be confident in yourself. You should love yourself. You're black. You're beautiful. You know, they they, they really inspire people to love themselves more and to be the best versions of themselves and to demand equality. So you know, we've come a long way with equality. I'm not going to sit here and, and have a, a hate campaign. I don't hate anyone. Unfortunately, we are still kind of going through things today where we're being discriminated against and we're facing challenges. And so it's those people that we have to look back and reflect on because when we need that type of encouragement and reassurance, we got to look back at those individuals and remember everything that they went through for us to be here today. So, um, they contributed a lot. So you were saying, how have we influenced the culture, um, the entertainment industry? You know, black people are entertainment. You look at TikTok. TikTok is worldwide because, you know, you have these individuals, these kids doing dances. Dances to what? Hip hop, R&B, black music. And then the dances themselves, hip hop, R&B, Afrobeats. They're even learning from, you know, my African brothers and sisters in Nigeria, Ghana, Tanzania. Like they're learning from South Africans as well. Like they're learning from us. So we as a whole are influencing 
be the entertainment industry and the culture. So I want to give credit as well to those back in the motherland who are also carrying forward Afrobeats. I love Afrobeats. And you see that a lot these days. You see it being the current thing. You, some might say it's trendy. I can attest to that. I think that America is very good at hopping on trend and you know monetizing that. So that's happening as well. But by virtue of Afrobeats becoming so popular, Black people are learning about African culture and what exists and like how, you know, people are doing well in the motherland. People are rich, they're famous, they're accomplished. And you're getting to learn about the language, the culture, the dances. So that's also coming to America and influencing entertainment here. Everybody wants to do an Afro dance. So, you know, we're really the mold for the world, if you will. My inspiration is really my my parents, you know, my grandmother and my mom and my dad. So my grandmother and my mother passed away, so they're no longer here with me. But I've always just been inspired to um, make them proud, you know, by being a change for the family and being a change for the next generation. And so they inspired me to go harder, you know, shoot for the stars and be all that you can be because they didn't have that opportunity. You know, when they were growing up, they, they didn't have people lifting them up and showing them that the, the world was yours. And so they, I feel like I have a duty to do everything they didn't get to do because they were the they were they were affected by a system that didn't want to see them win you know so they inspire me i just want to make them proud um i want to continue to make my dad proud i want to make my brother proud um and i want to also you know be a mentor and um someone that you know my brother can look up to not really people in general but like my immediate family I just want to be a role model for them so that they can keep going on their journeys and head towards something positive because these days it's so easy to um, to become negative and really get down on yourself and not see any potential for your life. And on this side of the world, we see a lot of that. A lot of people have been mentally impacted by the pandemic and they, they, they need some type of inspiration. So. What inspires me is trying to bring the best out of someone else. And however I can do that is really what I'm here for, whether it's with, you know, connecting them to a resource, bringing a smile to their day. Um, you know, that's just trying to make people feel good is is kind of what I'm on in, in my path currently. Yeah, I mean, I've done I've done commercials, I've done tons of photo shoots and video shoots, but I'm also a creative myself, so I like to get behind the camera and tell other people's stories or put visuals together. 
And, um, you know, obviously when you're into those things for the fellows out there or anyone really who's into those types of things, you kind of have to, you know, keep your look together. You got to stay looking fresh. And so, you know, you might want to take care of your skin and, you know, get a haircut before going to get your photos taken and things like that. That'll help you stand out if you're looking to pursue that route. But um, yeah, fashion has also changed drastically. Um, and I think it's good that black people are expressing themselves. Um, I'm hoping to see people continue to like come out with new fashion lines, design lines, you know, I've, I've even seen fellas do it too. And it's really saying that the possibilities are endless and whatever you want to do, you can do that, you know? So we're definitely making an impact in, in fashion and uh, beauty. You see like uh, Rihanna killing it right now with Fenty Beauty. So we're, you can really find your own lane, right? You don't have to do what the next person is doing. You can find your own lane and what works for you. Yeah, appreciate that. You can find me on YouTube, like my brother said, Life with SB. Um, and on there, I'm I have travel vlogs. I have you know male grooming tips. I actually did one today. Um, you know, real conversations as well. You know, real topics to help people uh, better themselves, get resources to elevate their lives. That's what it's all about. And you can look forward to my podcast actually launching this fall in September. So in September, actually in mid-August, you'll you'll be able to uh, listen to my trailer and sign up. But if you just want to find me for now and stay abreast to that information, you can follow me on Instagram on lifewith.sb. And I'll be definitely letting everyone know when the podcast is dropping. Absolutely, brother. Thank you for having me. So glad that we were able to make this happen. Take care. Stay safe, brother. Bye.